I'm Rina Deepdianabil, aka Mommy Imperfect, and you're listening to the Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect, the weekly podcast where I explore womanhood with the help of my fabulous guests. Now, at the end of the month, I do a power panel episode. That's when I get together with my friends Romy and Kirit, and we take a look at the female-focused news stories from the last few weeks. So we have known each other for uh, probably coming up to about 25 years. So nothing is off limits. You're gonna get uh, some 100% filter-free girl chat. So do keep it locked here and here is what we're going to be talking about in this episode. So Gwyneth Paltrow's daily diet and the backlash that she received about it. How does a normal 40-something year old woman's diet compare to that of uh, Gwynny who is on the bone broth? Which one of us is on bone broth perhaps or which one of us has a plate of chips for lunch? According to a new study, 26 is the age you start actually listening to your mum's advice. Is this true? And is that because we eventually start turning into our mums? And it's coming to the end of Women's History Month. So who are the women that we think are game changers? And we also want to know yours too. So if you are tuning in live on YouTube now, feel free to get involved in any point. Just drop us a comment and have a little think about which women inspire you. And um, yeah, so tell us about those badass boss ladies who have changed and are still changing the course of history. Right, ladies. Hello, Romy and Girith. Hello. Let's talk celebrity daily diets. Okay, so we know that celebs are known in particular for their bizarre daily rituals and they they do go to extreme lengths to stay slim. So um, the, the reason I'm talking about this is because Gwyneth Paltrow last week appeared on an episode of Dr. Will Cole's The Art of Being Well podcast and she shares what she eats in a typical day. Um, so the internet was going a bit mad about this because... You know, she doesn't eat until about noon, which um, means that she basically skips breakfast. I mean, in wellness land, that's called intermittent fasting, right? Uh, Some people think that's great. And then so then after that, she has something that won't spike her blood sugar, such as coffee. She follows up with bone broth and then an hour of movement. That's what she does. She does vigorous dry brushing, then the sauna and then an early dinner finally. And then she says she tries to eat according to paleo so lots of vegetables it's really important to support my detox that's what she said although I don't know what she is detoxing from where's the tox where's the tox in all this I don't I don't get it what um you know that quickly went viral her routine she was kind of called out for glorifying unhealthy restrictive eating and she was also called an almond mom which is apparently slang for a mom who pushes toxic dieting habits onto their kid and the term was originally inspired by uh, Gigi Hadid's mom telling her to have two almonds to feel better apparently when she was really hungry and wanted to eat cake or something like that um anyway <laughs> anyway does this whole um diet of Gwyneth Paltrow surprise you is it like what what girl what are you doing doesn't surprise me she's a bit I mean <laughs> I, I've been following this whole, you know, she's skiing obviously thing. a, yeah, well, no, not the skiing thing. I mean, even the skiing thing. I mean, how did she knock anybody over? Because if you eat bone broth and coffee, you're going to knock anyone gonna over. going to nothing off you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, sorry, I haven't really been following the skiing thing. But, you know, her whole wellness thing, she's been doing this a long time and she set up her website, Goop, and all this sort of stuff. And there's there's always something wacky on there, vagina smelling candle was like what vagina steaming randomness yeah all of that but I kind of take everything she says with a pinch of salt but this this is actually just ridiculous and I've not really found even one person who has said oh no this is you know 
or you know any sort of endorsement it's just been a complete backlash and you know intermittent fasting I get I I um I've tried it you know but it also then means you know eating a normal well-balanced diet on the, in the hours that you're not eating right so yeah. you've got like an mm. eight hour window or a 10 hour window and you're just going to eat in that but in that you eat your three meals and you get your calorie intake in in that you know it's not you know not eating till 12 and then just having a cup of coffee because you don't want to spike your blood sugar that's i mean that's the thing um don't do what I do though if you do intermittent fasting which is if you're doing the 10 to 6 eating window at 5.55 you'll be there like shoveling food in Stuffing your mouth quickly. you're like quickly quickly I've got five minutes oh my god that is stupid and I stopped doing that um quite soon after yeah um anyway she she she's actually come out um and responded to the backlash saying oh you know I do actually eat things like you know french fries and things like that as well it's like <sighs> Okay. Yeah, but if you're going, well, why not mention that then? Why did she not mention that in, a, you know, in her, that was the spotlight, right? It was, you're in an interview, people are going to be listening to this. So why don't you say there that, yes, I also eat French fries. And I know. That's ridiculous. It's just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And I'm sorry, but. I think it's really important that people, I mean, she's an actress turned lifestyle influencer. And the fact that she's class as a lifestyle influencer is talking about this kind of lifestyle she always needs to have those disclaimers she can't talk about stuff like this and then not show the flip side or talk about this is for me this is what works for me because this is what I am trying to achieve whatever it might be and what they often do in Hollywood is have these crazy diets that work for them and whatever they're trying to achieve um but it's a dangerous diet. And if she is an influencer, you know, lifestyle influencer, there's then girls out there there's responsibility going, involved yeah. here. There's responsibility involved in making sure that she's setting a good example, the right example. What she's saying is suited to most people out there, uh, not with somebody with her lifestyle. You know, and being a lifestyle influencer with her lifestyle, you know, it's not going to match most people that are following you. They might aspire to a lifestyle like her. It's going to be very hard to achieve a lifestyle like her, um, given that most of us don't have the money she has or the contacts she has or the access that she has to things. Infrared so, sauna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's that kind of thing. And, you know, I um, I was saying just before we came on air, Tarina, that, that, you know, I've just come back from the gym and I was discussing it with my PT as we were doing the session. And one of the things I said to him when I first started training with him is like, train me as much as you want. But I like food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. I That was my thing. And I said, I eat a fairly healthy diet anyway. anyway. I don't eat crap I don't eat like fried food all the time anyway maybe once a month maybe, you know rare, very rarely um so how much of my diet are you gonna cut down to make me be even more healthy you're gonna like you know obviously there's like the understanding like he's helped me understand the balance of what I'm eating but I still eat three meals a day and I get two snacks in the middle and I'm not doing anything crazy I still eat Indian food Mm -hmm. you know they see food as do all of that and and it's you know it's not restrictive at all I don't think it is um and you just work harder in the gym or you work harder you know you keep moving doing stuff that you need to do you don't need to restrict your diet to that extreme to achieve I'm not sure what it is she's trying to achieve I, I personally feel that 
she's going through some kind of midlife crisis or some, one of her well, she's one 50. of those you know those high society crises yeah. crises that people go through when when they have all of that because even it, even like I brought the ski incident thing up because you know since we decided to talk about this that's happened and that's kind of blown up in the news as well and the way she's responding and reacting to that I just feel like it's a bit irresponsible once again um I think she's just in this this other world and I, I you know I think it's important to also realize and know that when she was when she was on this podcast and talking about bone broth and all this kind of stuff she was actually hooked up to an IV at the time going on about oh yeah isn't it so on brand you know that I'm I'm hooked up to an IV getting these uh, nutrients I don't even can't even pronounce the nutrients but some special thing that's her favorite IV um, if she can get it apparently but that she was getting her nutrients through an IV it's like maybe if you just eat the food that you know <laughs> you won't need to be I mean, on a drip it's really extreme one thing my PT always says and he says it to me and everybody else and you know my doctor said it as well that all of us need to take vitamin D and vitamin d with k2 ideally and he's like you know you're just not going to get it in this country you're not going to get the vitamin d you need and i think that's the only thing i take when i remember um because i'm so bad at taking any kind of supplement and you know there's been i mean a lot of sort of south asian women especially you know with iron deficiencies and that happens from time to time and from time to time i have to again take iron um but I'm again really bad at taking that even um but I, I keep trying to remember to have that balanced diet and that's what helps me um so if you're not eating properly you're not getting the nutrients you need and if if you're not eating properly then yeah you might be stuck to an IV in a hospital exactly. somewhere one day exactly oh, um, I would be because you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I swear to, I wouldn't be on some IV for fun if I ate that food I wouldn't be on some IV going ha 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 on the podcast or any podcast I would be in hospital on a drip to survive or I would have literally flipped out of being so hangry and my family would no longer exist and there'd be a newspaper article somewhere so don't you think in the the, I mean I saw it on TikTok but didn't you think she actually looks really she looked really ill she looks really gaunt and she looks really like I don't think I I didn't really look at her and think oh you are the picture of health I mean she to look at she doesn't look she does she's never been fat has she she's no, never been no, curvy she's, like, she's always been sl- very rounded slim. she's always been very slim very very slim and uh just a very slender kind of physique right but, but, ma- but maybe that's what she wants and maybe that's what she's trying to keep hold of because i'm sorry i will say There's now at 44 years old right you ain't gonna look like that at the age of 50 um without killing yourself and severely with without these severe restrictions that's what you'll have to do i don't I, know she's had my kids. mom she's had two is ki- pretty slim for a 60 well, your mom's got no flab at all so if your mom wore a bikini would she like going to paltrow with like zero body fat she's my mom's pretty much really my mom's really lean um talking you know like my mom growing up has probably been always i mean i've never been pressured to like kill myself to look thin like in that sense, um, exercise, be healthy, yeah. But I've never been like fascinated with my weight. I need to be this weight. I need to be this. I've never been that person. I've never don't really care about weighing myself. It's for me. It's about how you know you present yourself. And but you know, like having a really slim mom and going out and about with her and having you know you, like you kind of she's my kind of not benchmark because sometimes I think she's too skinny. Um, 
Is that just but, the way know, she is, though? Is that just how she is? Or she's she... got a really high metabolism. She eats like anything. Like she okay. can eat like probably four roti in the evening and whatever. She eats. If anyone thinks my mom doesn't eat, and I know she's been accused of it in the past, she eats more than probably most of us, yeah. right? She's got a really high metabolism. She's quite an active person, just a, not doing exercise, nothing like that. Just an active person running around all the time. Um, and which she generally just chooses to do, um, but um, but she has a high metabolism metabolism, and she's really skinny in that way. And um, she buys clothes that she thinks that are her size, and I'm like, you need to buy a size smaller, mum. So you can be right if that's your natural physique or your whatever it is. And she's like what 15 years older than Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, and, she, and she's had three children. She's had three children. And she's had three children, yeah. yeah. And she hasn't got the money she has. So you can do. And like I said, Gwyneth Paltrow's never been super on the big side. So you don't know. But I think she's just probably doing more harm to herself. And as an influencer, doing more harm to other people. Yeah, because exactly. we're, I mean, we're saying that's all the biggest this. thing here. Do it to yourself. Yeah. I don't care. Don't do it to other people. The thing mm. is, we are sitting here saying, no way are we giving up things like brote and things like that in order to be thin, right? But lo- a lot of people would be like, oh, bone broth, coffee, is this what I have to do to be slim? Because there is that pressure. Yeah. And, and I will admit now, um, I have had periods in my time uh, in my life where I was obsessed with how much I weighed. I, I have had periods where I weighed myself every day. And the biggest I'd wake up every day. Well, I I thought I wasn't upset. I thought it was normal to do this, but I don't think it was. I would wake up every day, weigh myself, and then uh, look at myself sideways to see how my stomach was, if it was flat or not. Because the the biggest thing, the the goal in my life was to have a flat stomach. And I remember one day after I got married and I'd had like diarrhea on my honeymoon, I came back and I actually had lost weight and had a flat stomach. And then I was like, I'm not joking. I actually went, oh my god so now I weigh what I'm supposed to weigh and I've got flat stomach so now what am I supposed to be working towards I literally that that is that's not normal like that's actually quite sad that I thought that but that's this whole thing you know when they had the supermodel skinny phase where they take you know they go out and have their meal then they go and take laxatives in the bathroom and all those nutrients go straight through your body anyway right And and for that flat stomach, for that everything. And, you know, the only times, you know, like you, oh, my my sort of, if I could change anything would be my, my sort of lower abdomen as well, that area, the lower stomach. I hate that. That's my pet peeve of my body. But the only times I've ever lost that is when I've been unhealthily skinny. Um, and that's usually been because something's happened to me or I've lost my appetite. Not that I'm trying not to eat. I've just lost my appetite for whatever mm. reason for a few days or like what happened to me. Like Everyone knows what happened to me. That massive period. I wasn't trying to lose weight. I lost weight. But, that's, but with Stress. that flat stomach came skinny legs, skinny arms, a bony bum. That's what happens. Horrible face. And I'd rather have not have all of that. You know, because it, it was gross. I, I didn't, I've never liked being that skinny and I wouldn't wouldn't sacrifice all that for a flat stomach. <laughs> and I would never, never take laxatives or anything like that. If, you know, yeah, okay, we all had bouts of like food poisoning or something like that where, you where, you know, you, you have that issue and you, you, you feel like your stomach's really flat, you feel really, really thin. But it's not a healthy thing, is it? 
no, let's be, let's be honest, it's not a healthy thing. It, you're thin because you're ill. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I once came back from a holiday where I'd had another bout of diarrhea. <laughs> this, this is uh... What are you doing on holiday? <laughs> Excuse me, you end up on hospital in hospital every time you go on holiday, all right? So I just get a deal. I'm a Tunisia too, actually, Mummy. I did not end up in hospital in Tunisia. But yeah, but it was like not great. It was not 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 very sensitive, you know. Well, clearly, I, I, I do as well. And then I came back from one holiday and I was like, oh my God. Uh, you know, I had gastroenteritis and I and I got happy because I had a flat stomach. That's like, it's so stupid. Like, but I, I actually feel like nowadays, like, I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow, that's why it's so weird her coming out and saying this now, because I feel like now there's more of a movement towards body positivity, towards, you know, uh, it's just it, be strong, not just skinny, you know, that kind of thing. You don't have to look all perfect. There's, you know, um, embrace different body shapes whereas I don't think it was like that when we were growing up and I and I I actually somehow got away with putting slim fast in the in the family food shopping when I was about 14 I'm not even joking I went through a period of having chocolate slim fast in the morning thinking and then drinking it and thinking oh my god I bet I'm getting really thin now (laughs) it's not the way it works but what was I even doing like didn't someone say like what are you doing like I, I don't know how I was doing that yeah, I mean, if mine did that now, I'm really careful about, you know, how I talk about food and how what what I eat and all the I'm trying to sort of be, you know, just somebody who's I and I do I eat everything anyway, so it's fine. Mm. I feel like I've got a well balanced diet, and I don't ever say in front of the girls or anyone actually read either that it's always about you know everything in moderation. Yeah, have a treat if you've eaten all your dinner. Yeah, absolutely no problem with having a massive piece of cake. That's absolutely fine, and I'll sit there and I'll eat it with them. So I'm really conscious of. So yeah, if Mahi's putting, if she, you know, even a little bit comments on food, I'm always like, oh my god, are you eating properly? Is she does she have an eating disorder? You know, I'm really sort of hypersensitive to it because I don't want them to go through that. I don't want them to listen to people like Gwyneth and go, or whoever would be, you know, they probably don't even know who Gwyneth Paltrow is, but whoever would be sort of, you know, they do, they might or, if they like Marvel because my I didn't think that my kids knew and they overlook they, oh, they yeah, yeah exactly they like Pepper Potts yeah so um because but there is oh, I, I think there, that, yeah. yeah there is that whole thing about um while you encourage them to eat with it the important thing is to be have an active lifestyle yeah. yeah exactly that's i think that's the important thing that you keep your heart pumping your heart gets exercised that you know that that whole part of this being thin or wanting to lose weight or be healthy is sometimes forgotten we focus on the food thing like yeah. you know actually get up mm-hmm. and do more exercise and that's where i think as you know in the west we're slowly, you know, the office jobs and the social media and all of this and working from home, we've become slowly less and less, you know, walking to school. These days, everyone gets driven to school because your school's a million miles away. We used to go to school locally and used to walk, right? Yeah, we used to walk jobs 20 minutes, were local. 20 minutes back. Yeah. yeah, jobs were local, people walked. Yeah. Um, you know, now we're working from home. How often do people, you know, bed to the kitchen, to the, what? you know, how how far do you walk? And I, you know, we're doing that. Ten- so I do have, um, you know, like a, a, a not a Fitbit, but some, um, what you call them, a fitness monitor. Yeah. And I check, and 
you know, I have a target of steps that I'm supposed to do, not the 10,000, because I do my weights and I do everything. But what is, I don't really care. Okay, Theo, if you're listening, don't kill me. But um, <laughs> but the thing is, what it really helps with is you realize how little you might move on a day when you're working from home. Yeah, exactly. You have to it's, make a that, special effort. Yeah, you, yeah. You might only do you might do less than a thousand steps on a day when you're really working exactly, hard. Exactly. And you're like, what is that? All I've done, and yeah. that's what I find is scary, and that's what motivates me to keep moving in yeah. that way. And that's the only thing. I mean, I don't kill myself if I haven't met my goal, as long as I know I've done exercise in another way. You know, I've been doing some weights, or I've done something, or you know, I know I've got to make up for it tomorrow, or something like that. It's fine. I'm, you know. But it, it's you don't kill yourself. You'd have to kill yourself to meet something. As long as you're improving, slowly getting better at whatever you're doing mm-hmm. and making it a habit. I think it's about making it a habit, not the fad yeah. stuff. I, I also think that um, I think you need to get, come to a place where eating healthy and exercise is not just about I want to look like this. And yeah. this is one thing that I have only of, over the last few years um, maybe since I hit 40 um, started looking at exercise differently as in it's not just about, oh I need the flat stomach I don't care anymore I don't and you know what I know what it will take for me to get flat stomach I know and it's something that I've wanted for years and years and years don't give a shit anymore because what it will take is me doing shit like that bone broth and nonsense and and I'm not doing it I'm not doing it's not sustainable no! it's not sustainable in like, any way shape I'm, or form you know what I'll, I, I like to eat nice food, you know, and I like to have a paratha now and then or whatever and chips now and then. So I refuse to do that. So I've kind of, I've, I'm just like, you know what, however I look, I will look and I actually will look decent. And I do look decent because I do put the effort into working out and actually eating the things I'm supposed to be eating for my health, you know, because now we're all over 40. So it's come to that point where it's like, you know, you know, okay, um, perimenopause and all this stuff is going to start happening we will lose bone density we're supposed to be doing weights we're supposed to be eating this food like when you come to a point where you understand this is what I'm supposed to be doing to keep my body healthy then you kind of forget about that whole oh it's you know quick flat stomach starve yourself and all it's just you don't want to fall and break a bone just like that you know that's what you don't want to happen and that's why you know some of especially the South Asian women and black women, they're old if they haven't been doing that kind of training. Back in the day in the bin, they were carrying stuff on there. That was all resistance training. Yes. They were carrying things on their shoulders, on their heads, whatever. That's why even as old, frail women, they were still strong. Um, they weren't breaking bones and stuff like that. So it was really, really important, I think. Um, but here we don't do that. So we need to physically do that. And yeah. it's funny because like, you always laugh in the gym because like the treadmill was invented as a punishment right really and yeah back in the day the treadmill was invented as a punishment for people I think it was in the US um and and here we are literally punishing ourselves for not having a healthy normal lifestyle by being in the gym they you know people from that time would look at us and go what the hell you know (laughs) it's just like it we you know we talk about stuff like that it's really interesting now personal training is really good so um but you know we talk about have like really deep conversations about health yeah. in these ways and you know we are we've made ourselves lazy people we to have. the point where 
you know, what was punishment back in the day, we're punishing, you know, we're putting ourselves through it and going, hey, I've done this in the gym. You should have mm. done it in normal day-to-day life. You should. Walking, like, things like, people always say to me things like, oh, you know what, I'm going to join a gym and then I'm going to get in shape. Oh, yeah, I can't afford it right now, but when I can, I'll join the gym. And then, like, they're suddenly going to enter the doors of the gym and suddenly <laughs> go and be like some kind of, I don't know, like Dwayne Johnson lookalike or something. It's like, you're not you actually have to do the, the work you don't just go through the doors and something happens to you it's hard work like but you can actually do those things outside of a gym like things that you want to do like walking that whole steps thing oh I don't do that many steps you don't you know that's a very normal thing to walk and the yeah. basic thing you can do you can get yourself some dumbbells and you that's can do basic. weights at home you can there are you don't need mid- dumbbells you can lift anything right yeah, you, you can, can you've yeah. got weights at home I didn't have weights at one point when I first started doing all this and I had bottles of water and tin cans and things like that you know like cans of beans or whatever so you can you can do things like this you know and it's I don't think there's any excuses I'm not really buying the excuses because I think it's just really important though taking it right back to Gwyneth in that sense of them being influencers and I think we've lost our own sense of responsibility in terms of who we listen to and this whole influencer um, thing that that you know this influencer trend that we have mm. is a dangerous trend because we listen to people who made them an influencer we did why because this one thing about somebody that we like forget the rest of it you know yeah. um you don't know the rest of them we don't know about the rest of them and yeah. and <clears throat> you know you follow them for what what you know what why do we know why they're doing what they're doing are they an expert in what they're doing the only influence you should be following are professional influencers people who are experts mm. in their field yeah um these sort of and many experts have just completely i mean i think yeah was, rubbish a nutritionist was listening to her speak and yeah. her face was just like oh my god but i'm so <laughs> happy yeah, they okay. did i'm so happy that that she actually got called out for this because yeah. it's you need to eat like no just no we just, but we need to be responsible and we need to be responsible in not giving people that pedestal to and just well we are we're talking about this but the fact that she has that many followers who are just following blindly we need to be responsible for ourselves and go and think for ourselves exactly. we're leaving the thinking to other people and saying yeah they're yeah, doing it we're okay doing it. yeah and, it's, you yeah, know, it's such a bad excuse isn't it really to we just we're just so lazy and not looking looking for stuff for ourselves yeah and, and also I think if you are going to listen to people and you want to get inspiration and stuff I think it's really important that it's people who've maybe been through similar things to you or their lifestyle is similar you know I'm not going to be like taking advice about uh, menopause from somebody who's like 25 I'm not or you know somebody exactly. who's going to tell me how to get into shape and they haven't had kids and I've had three kids so that you know what I mean I don't yeah. I think that that is really important so we need to yeah obviously need to really pay attention to who we're listening to um but I'm going to move on now to this uh, new study that was commissioned by the post office which basically has said that uh, 26 is apparently the age when we start listening to our mum's advice um so what I want to ask is, were you one of those good little girls who always listened to your mum's advice? Did Do you listen now? Because um, apparently, I'll tell you the reason for this whole not listening thing is that the human brain does not fully develop until the age of 25. And apparently, according to the poll, 38% of people wish that they had listened to the advice offered to them from their mum. So what 
where are you in all this? Are you like, kindy mommy? Or no. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't until, I mean, I think the ages of like 14 to maybe, hmm, I think when I went to uni actually, so well earlier than 26. Nineteen, I think I would, and I got married when I was twenty-three. Clearly, before my brain had fully developed. <laughs> fully developed. Um, oh my God. Making those, you know, frontal. It is just your frontal cortex, cerebral cortex yeah. doesn't develop until twenty-five. So I always say to my husband, I made this decision without fully, you know, fully <laughs> developed brain. Yeah, were you know really compromised. Yeah, he's lovely, really. Um, but no, no, much earlier than 26 for me, because I got married at around 23 and I, and, and I sort of really, that's when my relationship with my mom really sort of came into its own. So a lot earlier for me. But so the article was a bit weird because it was, um, it's, you know, all the sort of, all the, all the, all the advice maxims, like, you know, all be nice and <laughs> they were a bit like I don't think my mom ever walked around going everything in moderation. And, you know, yeah, no, and, no, my mom didn't say things. I've got the really, we, you know, mom used to say really weird things, and I, I like a kabanda karke de kiyakoro when we couldn't find something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that sarcasm? Or is that sarcasm or is it an actual? Yeah, it just meant we like you know like if you opened the fridge and you couldn't see something and you shut it, like you know, my brothers might do something like that. And she'd be really annoyed because it's like it's right there, and it's like you're not looking. I can't which meant basically you need to search for it with your hands. You know, like move things. Don't just go. You know, so she used to go. I can't and you know, like that whole thing. Um, I think oh I said God, it back to my mom last week as a joke. Um, but, <laughs> but our house is like we're going. Obviously, I was saying we're not. I'm not sitting in my own house at the moment. Um, sitting here courtesy of my neighbour. Um, because we've got. Our house is is a building site um so everything is all upside down in our house so but i was just being funny with her because that was one of her phrases she used to use all the time um but i'm definitely i was a good girl i used to listen to my mom and dad i did have a streak in me that challenged them i challenged their views and perceptions all the time but very respectfully all the time because i did have a fear of my parents growing up mm-hmm. um so I I was probably brought up in a very, very traditional way, um, especially in my dad's side. It was like you don't speak until you're spoken to in some parts oh, of my dad's family. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I did used to challenge things or why is this like this? And, you know, I used to be taken the mick out of for... Um, when I was young, you know, I used to say why and cue to everything. And these would be like, cue, cue, everyone used to take the cue. You know, I was so inquisitive. Um, and, then, and then I'd ask, because I wanted to know why it was this way. Why do women not do this? Why do men do this? Why do, does this work this way? And, you know, too many questions that people didn't have answers to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was that person. Um, but it was all very innocent and respectful. But the advice I had from mom, and this is where I'm going to say I've, differ very much from my mum is that I changed probably very much later in life um, to not follow my mum's advice because my mum was following advice that she'd been given as a brown South Asian Punjabi Sikh woman which had been passed on from the women before her which was full of misogyny and sexism and those 
ideals and you don't like the advice she was giving me when I was you know seeing somebody like you know you don't say that to your husband you don't say that to your guy you don't say this you know all men are like this and all men are like that and you know don't talk about this it was that was the kind of advice she was giving me giving me because that's the advice she was given and as a result you see them suffer right yeah and I you know that's that's something I think our generation the generation generations below us are, are very mindful of and it's something that we're trying to change that stereotype that patriarchal yeah. thing that you know the men are important that <laughs> Pati Parmeshwar here, as we discussed in the other, in the other um, podcast we did. Um, that whole thing needs to change. And I am probably the one in my family that challenges that the most and speaks out the most. And even in my work circles and networks, you know, I've where the brown community is often still following the mainstream society. So we lag. So there is an old boys network in the city. It is a boys network in the city it's men in it and even those all, all those men might speak to me they have their own whatsapp group that i'm not a part of so like i can be having the same conversation with six people in in you know in the city network that i some of the people that i work with but they only have to say it once in a whatsapp group chat <laughs> So, you know, it's that whole, and I, I yeah. kind of say, well, you know, it's the old boys thing. And when you guys mess up, then you will ask me, ask me afterwards, but why didn't you just involve me in the beginning? Whoa. And so, you know, it's stuff like that. I, I think it's really important that you actually have brought that up, that, you know, obviously we respect our parents and follow their advice and all this stuff. But there is a point where you, you feel like, oh, you know, what? I am grown and I, I can, I've learned and I've grown as a person as well. And and a, and a lot of people have actually managed to change their parents' mindsets by mm. then passing those things on to their parents. Because I feel like you never stop learning. Like, because even like, you know, with me, like, I guess if I'd followed my mom's advice, I wouldn't be married to my husband because they weren't really yeah. too keen on me doing that. And now it's like, if I ever said that to her, she'd be like, no, he's like the best thing ever. It was such a great thing that you married him. You know what I mean? Because we've yeah. overcome that. And now she thinks that, you know, he's like oh, the great son-in-law who ever lived and all this kind of stuff. But um, so so it is like they've taught you to a certain point and then it's like, you know, I, I'm going to go out into the world and do things myself. Like, but I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, how you were saying, Rami, as well, that your relationship with your mum became closer as you got older. Because I think we've spoken about this, like we were more closer to our dads growing up. Like my dad was kind of, he is still, and he was very kind of like, more light-hearted, jokey, and was quite strict in ways, and you know, gave his advice as well. But I just like to have a laugh and a joke, you know. Like if I phoned my dad up from uni, he'd be like, "Oh, so what's going on? Ha ha ha!" And just have a you know, light-hearted conversation. Whereas if I, my mom called me, "What have you and are you okay? Are you alive?" Kind of thing. That you know, those things. It's like okay. But then as a as a grown woman, I think I definitely get on better with my mom, and and yeah. and, and probably since having kids as well yeah, yeah you I appreciate think, yeah and, and I think you know we've got to remember that you know in this time like you know our mums are developing and growing and changing yeah. all that time as well so I feel like the advice say I don't know if there's a family issue or 
what a wider family issue that I might be want, just want her advice on. I just I think twenty years ago it would be different, and now it would be different, right? Because she's she's gone through all her sort of you know life lessons, and she must be thinking back as well that the advice that her parents gave her or whatever. So I feel like you know just to be mindful of that, right? That they are changing as well, right? That they yeah. in the last twenty years their advice would be changing. And I think certainly, def definitely for my mom, like, you know, she's she's become, and, and her advice is a bit more like, well, what do you want to do now? Whereas before it would have been like, well, you should do this because of, or it would be to put myself behind and to put others forward. But now that's that's changed a lot that she would say, you know, she would ask me to put myself, you know, what do you want to do? It's your choice, you know. Um, that's I, I love that. That's yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's really, really empowering. And I think is. I think my mum's changed a lot in the sense of, and she's got a lot of changing to do still. I think, but she is a much stronger woman. She she's able to speak up a lot more, and you know, it's experiences that she's been through as well. I've got to say, but they they were just brought up differently to how we were. You know, my mum was brought up in Kenya. And, you know, and she was from a very large family and not just, we're not just talking about the immediate family being large. We're talking about living in a large extended family. And then, you know, that, that's, that's like in the middle from where they were in the Punjab to here. And then she's got married and she's come here and she's been away from a family, which is still that kind of mentality. Once you're married, you leave and you don't leave your family mm. behind, but that's not the way it really works. And, here in the UK it doesn't work like that and, and mm. I it's think everyone's had adjusting to do. It says they've had a, such a like what you're saying you know your mum was brought up with in Kenya and that's so removed from your own childhood right my mum's yeah. brought up in the Punjab so removed from our upbringing in the West Midlands that you know I mean that's that's going to be different right I mean for our own children we will have a well I don't know I, I always think that hopefully a better understanding with me with Umar I always think hopefully I can guide him in a better way than my parents would be able to because I have lived here I understand what the problems here are sorry I'm not in the house the phone's ringing <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> uh yeah let's let's hope uh, your neighbor uh, picks her phone or do you have to be like hello number <laughs> I'm just, oh no it's really I don't, don't live here <laughs> Let's go away. <laughs> okay. It's the landline as well. It's not a mobile. So I oh, you can't even do anything about it. it. Don't worry. No. We'll just uh, ignore that uh, other um, phone for yeah, a while. Sorry, everybody. Um, don't worry. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna turn your fader down because I wanted to say something anyway. Um, that what's what's changed now is that my mom has sometimes uh, these days asks me for advice and that is kind of a big you know a big shift because because yeah just things like, oh you know I'm thinking about doing this what do you think about this and that's really nice as well um and and but some sometimes like my mom's advice has sometimes been a little bit like oh you know uh, are you okay kid is there something going on there it's actually a voicemail that comes on really loud but it oh no okay let me it's let me now. It's gone now. okay fine it's right done. okay um I always remember my when I I woke up on my 25th birthday and my mom said to me oh do you know what 
your body's going to start changing now. Things are going to start happening to you. You're going to start developing flab in places where you never had flab before and all this stuff. And I was like, what? I'm 25. I just want to have a good time. Like, what the hell is this? You know? And I, it's like, and I, I feel like, okay, it was very well-meaning and I understand what she was saying. And she's probably said things to me, you know, every 10 years since then. Um, or five no, my years mom does it all the time. And you just kind of feel a bit like, Evening primrose oil, evening primrose oil. She's been doing that to me since I was like 15 because I had bad bad period pains, right? And then she's always then saying, you know, later on in life, I'm like, hang on, I've got to live my life yet. It's like, I've got to get there yet. Now, now another one. I've, I've started listening to things though because for ages my mom said, "Do your pelvic floor exercises. Do your pelvic floor exercises." I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." But then now I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, maybe I should because oh. I don't want to be wetting myself when I sneeze and things like, oh, do, do facial <laughs> really yoga. good advice. Yeah, it is very yeah. good advice. So I've started listening now and then, and then you know, or things like I, I'd say like, oh, you know, I, I did skipping and I felt like I, uh, I needed to go for a week or something like that. She'd be like, oh, well, I told you, I told you. So then now I have to start listening. And things like um, now she's saying I to me, do facial yoga do facial yeah. yoga this is what you yeah. do do all the uh, like all this stuff right i've started listening to no re- very recently i'm talking about like a month ago i've started listening so yeah but me and my mum share stuff like that and we always have because of the you know that whole bad skin phase and everything and so my mum was very concerned about my skin and all that kind of stuff and she'd do all of that but i think the interesting thing like with you saying all of this stuff it's just reminded me i went to a girls school so that kind of stuff was also told taught to us in the girls' school, whether it be in science, whether it be in our, you know, PSC, PSHE lessons, whatever it was, um, you know, because there were no boys about all the time, those kind of talks just, ha- and I, I think I, I feel really lucky that I went to a girls' school. It was my choice. My parents didn't force me to. But the fact that you could have all these kinds of conversations really openly about later in life, it's going to be like, they they taught us that, you know, the female teachers would would share their experiences with us. It used to be quite nice. intimate sometimes. Um, so it wasn't just coming, so that kind of stuff where lots of people might learn it from the mum. We also had that I, in a girls' school. We also had that from the teachers we had there, which, yeah. which you know, it kind of, you kind of learn it. And sometimes you come home and then you ask your mum, what about this? You know, they t- told us this. Isn't it so natural? it was like a two-way thing. It's natural to not want to listen to your parents, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh my God. Why can't someone listen know? to me? I'll tell you that exactly. now. Exactly. So like, this is what I've honestly, done. I've, I've sort of earmarked. I very clearly say to my children, this is really uncomfortable subjects. If you don't want to talk to me about it, these are the people someone, that you need yeah. to go and talk to. You can talk to your mama. You, I've got two brothers. So I always say to Veed, if you don't want to talk to me about it, you don't want to talk to your dad about it, you've got this, 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 and this person. And they they know, they know who those people are, right? They're on WhatsApp with them or whatever. And I say that to Mahi actually all the time that, you know, because she's way less, she's way more sort of into her mussy than she is to me. <laughs> Same, I was growing yeah, up, I was really exactly. close to my mussy, yeah. Yeah, and you'd listen to that person over, you know, your mum. I had older cousins as well, and I would, you know, I'd always want to, you know, do what they, you know, I'd always follow the advice they gave me. But if my mom had kind of given me the same advice, I'd be like, nah. Yeah, I, I so that's really important, and yeah. and then hopefully later on in life I'll, I'll tell my you. kids. Well, I told you, Massey, to tell you that. Or, <laughs> <laughs> it was all me. <laughs> I constructed this for you. Yeah, yeah. I get exactly. that whole kind of cool Massey vibe a lot yeah. because yeah. a lot of people, lot of lot of my nieces and nephews, think I'm the same age as them for some reason, um, which is a nice. 
but they'll chat to me they'll they'll, you know like even where I'm sitting here my my neighbor's daughter and I'm like your mom's only like two years older than me three years older than me by the way like oh I just think of you as 25 all the time and I'm like okay cool (laughs) whatever (laughs) but it's nice so that they can talk to me and but I also think for me me being that person as an the eldest cousin as well um was what put me in my mess in the first place sometimes but um but it is a it is a responsibility and you want to guide signpost them to people who you know will give them the right advice yeah exactly um so th- there's always that scary thing so I know if I can't give the right advice I have to signpost them to somewhere that will, or mm. this is what we need to do. And I've had younger cousins where I've like, okay, I think I need to take you to the doctors with me. You know, <laughs> I've had situations like that where like, I think we need to maybe, this is probably a bit more than I can handle, or, you know, maybe we mm. need to go and research something Talk together or something yeah. like that, you know. And, but, and never say I told you so. <laughs> oh, yeah, never say I told you. Never, never say I told you so. That's just the worst okay. thing you can say to anyone. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie that I've never said I, that, but yeah. <laughs> I, it, I want to say it sometimes, but you like, hold back. I still go to my mum for advice, but it's just because, you know, it's 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 not just habit, but it's always like, no, I want to know. I want to know where, 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 you know, yeah. where, where she is on this whole thing and, and whether I'm way off or, you know, what she's like a barometer a little bit. Like, you talk things through with them, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. You my, through, but there are some things where you just go, oh, my God, mum. Like, you know, I don't know, organising my... Um, brother's wedding right a couple of years ago you know he's got married like 20 years after me and you know your parents are trying to do those same sort of like back of beyond traditions and you're like no we're not doing it this way we're going to do it this way and I don't care what every anybody else says and all you know all this sort of stuff so there are it's it's, it's you know like um Rina, you were saying as well it's you know we can educate them now a little bit yeah well. we, we, can give, we can we can give our advice yeah as well. but now, it's still comes, nice to yeah ring your mom and just say oh what you know yeah, mum comes home now and says, okay, this is what happened at work today. I don't know how to deal with this, Ooh. which is nice. You know, she respects yeah. the, the fact that, but I'm like, you're confident enough to deal with it, but I'll advise you and guide you as best as I can, you know, and, and how do it's, I word an email to nice my thing. boss like this? This is the nice yeah. thing about do- having daughters as well, that you can have these conversations. Um, I, 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 my mom is like my diary in a way like I call her all the time I'll literally tell her everything that I've done in a day like on most Then she'll remind you of the things that you don't want to be reminded yep. of right? well <laughs> yeah exactly you know um but but that's I, I do I feel like if I didn't tell my mom about it, it didn't happen did it so um so yeah it is it is like that um with with my kids though like I feel like I know that they're not going to listen to what a lot of what I tell them um and so like I have my own little philosophies that I really want them to know. So, um, <laughs> and I, and I and I always repeat it. And I'm like, if there's one thing you take away from me, just remember this, and this will get you through life. So, do you want to hear my little philosophy? I made it very yeah. simple. Okay. Oops. So, um, <clears throat> in life, all you need to remember is the three C's, right? Not like Atlantic Ocean, Indian Ocean, and all that stuff. Even though they, when I ask them, they say that take the piss, right? The three C, uh, beginning with like C, um, clever mind, <laughs> clever yeah. mind, caring heart, and courageous spirit. If you just focus on these things, you're going to be fine in life. That's all you need to think about. Which is, and Very you know, nice. and then yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, tell me the things. What did I tell you? Just be, you that's know, much scared. better advice than the ones in the article about separating your. Yeah, the ones dogs. in the article are so random. And I'm like, what, what, 
yeah what they're so you know, standard they were so like they're so standard yeah. no this is this is like i really nice yeah and yeah. i've been saying it for a while and it's like because i because i honestly like that's what i want them to be like you know be kind like you know knowledge is power yeah be brave think, in life so i've kind of broken it down and if you don't remember anything else i tell you which probably won't just remember that i think with my mom it's very similar if i had to say something that my mom like that has said yeah exactly yeah. that's something so never you know don't hurt people needlessly or whatever you know we will always at some point in our life hurt people but not intentionally but because you know like if you know like but i think she takes it to the other extreme which just goes out of a way to not to hurt people that don't care but you know like people don't care if you hurt them they're just indifferent but you you're she's so self-conscious but um but you know and i think that that's quite an important lesson you. Yeah. that we can all take you know what you're gonna what you're gonna achieve by hurting anybody in life no, it's true um it's true Romy, is there so that kind of thing is there anything that you have taken on like a specific saying from your mom or something that you I think my mom would always my mom would always take the high road so she would always be like you know you just check your own behavior there's no need to behave like the other person in front of you shouting and screaming is behaving so always take the high road which is actually was really annoying because at times you did actually just want to drop kick that person and behave as bad as they were right but uh, but she was always like you know you know you check your behavior. Behavior, that kind yeah, of thing. exactly like yeah. so this person is acting like you know absolutely crazy what are you going to achieve by acting exactly like them right? yeah so, but then then I felt like when I was younger I felt like oh well you know you're just layer you're, you're, you're not a, you're you're not able to fight back you're just supposed to you're supposed to just I didn't think this was good advice at the time right you're just supposed to take it you're supposed to just take mm. all this stuff coming at you and not behave like that other person's behaving but I do get that as, as I'm older now I get that she was yeah she was right about that just to stay away from the negativity right and just mm. block it out and just yeah. uh, gravitate people more towards who you know have the sort of energy and spirit mm. and just not no. that that that, that, that person's energy is about themselves it's not about it's not about you yeah no that's good advice actually i mm. i also feel like i i my mom helps me a lot with like parenting advice like may, even maybe things that she wouldn't have done with us or had the patience for with us with my kids she'll be like oh no you know you need to listen to them about this you know yeah you but patience. sometimes and you just feel like going well yeah. I would have just got a top on if I would I know I know but then but then sometimes like you know because you're in it and you're very busy and like with three kids it's like oh there's a lot going on so it's really nice for and I do listen to her like you know maybe you shouldn't tell them about this or really listen to them or this is how you should diffuse certain situations so so yes it's um it's nice um but we're nearly um coming to the end of this uh podcast episode and also nearly coming to the end of women's history month so obviously international women's day was on the 8th of march quite a lot of events took place and i wanted to just ask you guys about women that you uh, really admire either women who have changed history or are in the process of changing history who are game changers in their own way come tell me get at you go because is there is there a woman okay i think obviously all of us want to say our moms yeah. yeah and our grand- grandmothers and moms gonna, I was gonna say my mom but okay <laughs> no no but I think it's really important because I think 
why we all I think I was really thinking when you said this why will we say our mums and the women that are close to us and that's because we understand because we've lived with them close up and we know the obstacles and the barriers that they face yeah. and what they've been through and gone through and you mm. have to respect that Ooh, and yeah. and that's why you know for all of us our, our mums are our heroes and you know for me my nani jimanji was I talk about her a lot every time we do stuff. You know, Manji was a, a massive, massive influence in my life. Taught me many of my, did many of my first with her. And again, she was there in 1947 during partition, all of that. So I was trying to think outside of that because they are definite here. And them, them two will never change in my life. They will always be my heroes. But um, a woman recently that I've mentioned a few times, I think probably, um, Captain Preet Gorjandi. And be oh, yeah. I, I had a feeling you were going to say her actually and yeah, I wanted you um, to because I, I wanted you uh, to talk about her yeah. I've had the privilege of meeting her um, a few times chatting to her, hearing her speak just meeting her family um, the people around her whatever, you know she she is one crazy but amazing amazing down to earth woman who has done what she's done yet yeah, two guinness world records one as a woman one and one as the outright person that's broken that world record in antarctica you know that solo expedition and that that solo expedition and she talks about it the first one she enjoyed so i heard her speak the first time just as she was going to go out to the second one she'd actually had good days in the snow on the first one it, this time around she came back and she hated every moment of it you know oh, it was yeah. that well, well the look of her when she came back was she she just looked so different, right? Like I saw pictures of her when she came back. Yeah, I mean, you lose weight. You know, she put on weight to go out there and then she lo- loses weight. And obviously she's slowly putting weight on and stuff. And she's had the operation on her knee, on, on her leg mm, yeah. um, from, you know, that whole thing. And there's a really gory picture of it online on her socials if you want to have a look. But her spirit is something else. You know, she like, she went off and joined the, uh, joined the army um, which she was told she shouldn't do, she couldn't do, she, you know, it's not the right thing for to do. So she's a physiotherapist, she went in and she did that. So she joined that. So she's doing all her army things. And then she decided she wanted to do something, she wanted to make a difference. And how she went on her first expedition, how she did it, she knew nothing about Antarctica. So people were going, oh my God, you must be inspired by, and she was like, really, you know, she'd like, she she was saying in her speech last week she's like yeah when people would say this stuff, kind of stuff to me first of all like in the first expedition she used to nod and be like yeah I'm inspired by so and so and so and so and then go and look them up um you know <laughs> because she didn't know what she was talking about she just wanted to do this thing and she just thought I'm gonna do it I don't care how and you know there was that things like obstacles like have you ever been to Antarctica have you ever done this kind of thing so she's like she couldn't do that on the tick box so she made sure she went and did it for a week so she could come back and say, actually, you can tick that box. So she, like a crazy woman, she went out there and she came back in debt after the first one. This second expedition was supported. But forget all of that surrounding stuff. The strength. You know, one, she's defied everybody. People who are telling her she can't do it. She shouldn't do it. What's she going to get out of it? All that nonsense, you know, that kind of thing. But then to go out there and spend 70 days and more in that weather, by yourself, carrying your puck, carrying all that stuff, alone, managing any accidents you're having, managing all of that, you know, I know because I was following the second expedition and you're reading some of those updates, you're like, she's having a really bad day today. 
And she talked mm. about crying out there, you know, and then she's like, I can't cry too much because it's too cold outside and <laughs> all that kind of stuff as well. And, and you know, she talked about moments where she goes, I'm, I'm not really a religious or spiritual person, but she goes, I found myself saying Vaigru mm-hmm. every time, you know, it was that hard for her, but it hasn't put her off. She came back, she's done what she's doing. She's in really good spirits. And, you know, she's looking for what can I do next? No one's going to stop me. She absolutely believes that nothing's impossible if you want to do it if you set yourself a challenge you can do it you will find a way money's not an obstacle nothing's an obstacle you will find a way and she's going around doing all these talks in schools and inspiring not just girls but women men and boys and it's not about her just being a woman she is a role model for everybody and the fact that she's so chill and relatable Mm. She's been yeah. Punjabi Kuri from Derby, as she says. You know, it it, it is, it, you know, for me, I absolutely love her to bits. I don't have words to say to her. And she knows that, you know, I, I just love her to bits. What I do is hug her when I see her, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's just been such a privilege. I think it's been just been such a privilege hearing her talk. And she's funny. She, this woman, she's so relatable. She's so down to earth. She's just literally proven everyone wrong. She's become the only person in history beating men as well to do what she's done. You know, that is, it is amazing. Such a huge thing. Yeah, she is a very So that's inspiring. my, I think that's got to be my one mm. woman. Yeah. I mean, I can mention millions. Yeah. Um, when I talked to her last enough. week, we presented with something. Yeah, exactly. We talked about my, my bugger and stuff. And I just think, how would she have been back in that time? Mm. She'd been, if that spirit, she's got mm. that spirit. Yeah. No, she's, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Rami, what about you? Well, I, I literally was going to say my mom. <laughs> I've been off social media for a while, so I haven't really, I've been really inward and looking, just concentrating on myself and the family at the moment. So that's I think good. at the moment yeah. it would be my mom and it would be, and actually it'd be, I've been spending a lot of time with my nieces and I've been really um, just inspired by not inspired by but just really proud of them because they're out there working and they're doing really well in their respective fields you know my niece is just you know she's recently she's working on the cruise ships in the theater shows right she's doing four shows a day in the caribbean and she's really following her dreams and you know my other niece is working you know working in production and in the film industry and i'm just I do, you know, I want those sorts of role models around and I talk about them a lot to the yeah. girls as well because I'm like, look, you know, this is not in a look what they're doing and you just like, oh, you know, just having a conversation and and just, you know, just showing them sort of what... Um, what options there are out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, that everything is open to you, everything. Yeah. Anything is open <clears> to you and look no. at these, you are achieving yeah. their dreams. So, yeah, just more close to home. Well, that's really nice that your kids have got people like that around them because that's mm. that is even more important than you know these celebs who we don't know and you know um, I I was gonna say Michelle Obama because I feel like um, you know from do you what know I, her? pardon huh <laughs> just do you know her <laughs> yes I do actually we speak every day um, well yeah this is the thing I don't Hotline. know her but I feel like um, if there's somebody who I feel like you know has changed things a little bit and for you know younger women of color black women especially to look at her and to be in that position Mm. is actually a really 
massive deal, particularly in a country like America, which, let's face it, has a racist past and isn't quite over that yet. Um, but to also, like, cause, you know, I read her book and things like that, and to have this kind of role thrust on you and then take go with it to a place where you're actually the main character in this whole thing you know what I mean like your husband was the president and you're still successful writing these books to inspire people to share your story to empower empower people and also to I feel like she does want to give back to um, her community and I think that is a really nice thing I do think it's really careful though and you know I'm just really quickly want to say this that when we talk about role models and going back to Gwyneth Paltrow earlier um, given what we were talking about when you're putting a celebrity up there on your on a pedestal you I think I think we're quite discerning we understand why we're putting them up there but people don't and Mm. you've got to understand there's always going to be sides to people that we don't Don't like yeah and we don't know um and and I think if you're you're going to admire somebody admire them for be clear that you're admiring them for this yes yeah and 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 don't be surprised if you find out things about them you're like oh my god that you don't like yeah this it's like they're, just a hu- they're a human being and you yeah. don't know them so exactly. so yeah yeah but those things um that i've said is is my reason yeah, and no, that, that is a really that's you. a really good point that's a really good point because they're not here to like hero worship people and things like that and i'm not saying that about her but i'm just going back to Gwyneth yeah. as well you know anybody who's in that position people admire them people they can be they're lots of people's heroes they might not be ours but she's got you know she's got a following obviously yeah but you know she's somebody's hero obviously and and it's like you know choose your heroes and wisely yeah <laughs> and understand why why mm. they're your hero yeah no that's really good to keep in mind um so thank you so much again ladies for coming on and thank you to everybody who's listening please do share this podcast because i kind of used all my marketing budget on the giveaway that i just did which was really good <laughs> so follow me on at sisterhood and mommy imperfect on instagram or follow uh, the mommy imperfect page on facebook for more info um, I appreciate all your lovely messages about the podcast it really does mean a lot if you could leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts that would also help other people find the podcast as well that is all for this week peace out Bernie bye <laughs>